0: Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So, today we're going to talk about Hamilton. Don't worry if you haven't seen it. It's not going to ruin it for you. You can still enjoy it. We're going to kind of take the back roads. Not really going to talk about the plot very much. Not really going to talk about the music. We're going to talk about why it resonated. And is still resonating. Five years after it premiered. Why people who generally don't enjoy theater are drawing inspiration from it. Why it isn't typical. And the easy answer here, of course, is the music. Granted, very different than most stuff on Broadway. Absolutely. But it's way more than that. It's resonating because it's relatable. While it is still... A classic American story. You know, the immigrant orphan, rags-to-riches, self-educated, self-made man who lived the American dream. Yeah, it's that. It is. But it does a really good job of shining a light on American mythology as opposed to American history. I am of the firm belief that facts and truth aren't always the same thing. You can use facts to paint a false narrative. Sometimes, fiction is uh, the easiest way to get it at truth, especially if a false narrative has been accepted for so long that it appears true. You know, today, when we talk about the government, it's become so corrupt. Become as if it wasn't corrupt before. The scandals of today. Because all of our founders were very moral people. None of this would have happened back then. They were all ideologically motivated with the purest intentions. That's how it's framed. We treat our founders and the founding of this country as a myth. We don't really care about the truth, about the realities of it. They were people. They were flawed, guaranteed. Hamilton does a really good job of showing that and showing that there are a lot of things that are wrong today that were wrong then. And it does it so subtly that I'm not sure people realize that they're hearing what they heard doesn't matter really if they recognize it they don't may not know they heard it but they did and i think that is why it's inspiring a lot of young people today because they're getting a a very artistic representation of the fact that a lot of the things they believe are true that a lot of the issues that they're facing, they're not bugs in the American system. They're features of it. As a kid in the Caribbean, I wished for a war. I knew that I was poor. I knew it was the only way I could rise up. 1-800-GO-ARMY. Get your enlistment bonus. If you're in poverty today, what is one of the most accessible means of getting out of it? Military service. There's always been the tendency of those on the top to use those of lesser means for military service. It's a theme that is very prevalent in this show. Those who want to socially advance through the revolution, through military service. It addresses other class issues as well. It shows how the wealthy prior to the revolution kind of came down to just see what the riffraff were up to, kind of explore it. I would imagine that many of those who are out in the street today who are out in the street out of self-defense Self-preservation. They're speaking out because they literally do not have a choice. They might feel the same way about a lot of the people who show up just to take a selfie and then leave. Tourists. Not truly committed. It shows Hamilton and his crew heckling those speaking out in favor of the king. It's not the image we have of our founders. We don't really picture them meeting in bars. We don't picture them heckling people on the street. We don't picture them making brash decisions. Let's steal their cannons. But they did. They were aggressive young men. Should have shot him in the mouth. That would have shut them up. These aren't actual quotes from these people, but they definitely reflect their attitudes, definitely reflect the actual events, better than what we hear in our history books, where they're painted as constantly elegant and eloquent. They weren't. That's mythology. They were normal guys. And that myth is something that probably should be shattered. Hamilton is painted as arrogant, brash, and flawed, because he was. He was. Washington is painted as having a lot of self-doubt and completely aware of the fact that his men were embellishing his elegance and eloquence. In the U.S. today, the Constitution itself has become holy, sacred. Yet a public figure recently say something to the effect of, we don't change the Constitution. We can't just change the Constitution. Apparently completely unaware that the machinery to change the Constitution is in the Constitution. Because it's part of that myth. It's perfect. It's infallible. It's divine. If it was perfect and infallible and divine... Hamilton and company wouldn't have needed to write 85 essays to defend it to the public, and they probably would have put their names on them instead of publishing them anonymously. These are things that really should be addressed. You have a whole lot of people in this country right now that want change, that want to change the country want to fix the problems. But when they look in their history books, what do they see? People who are completely unlike them as the only people who were ever successful at changing anything. Because we overlook the flaws, we subscribe to great man theory. The reality is everybody, they were all just people. They were brash. They had flaws. And they changed things. It's probably incredibly useful for young people today to understand that that image of the founders is a myth. It's not real. Hamilton also addresses some of our original sins. A common belief today is that basically all the founders were okay with slavery. It's just what was done at the time. They didn't know any better. It was a necessary evil. That's not true. In fact, the spiritual and philosophical founder of the revolution wrote abolitionist texts before he ever penned anything in favor of revolution. Most of Hamilton Circle or abolitionists to some degree. And it points this out in a cabinet meeting, a scene of a cabinet meeting, which is done in the format of a rap battle between Hamilton and Jefferson. And Hamilton points out that maybe it not may not be the best idea to uh, take a civics lesson from a slaver. Because, hey, neighbor, your debts are paid because you don't pay for labor, The whole idea at the time, Hamilton wanted the federal government to assume states' debts after the war. Those in the South, including Jefferson, didn't want to do that, because their states didn't have much debt. So they didn't feel like they should pay a share of New York's, those states in the North. This little disagreement... Highlighted some other stuff. If you say quid pro quo today, you think of corruption, right? Something that's just unthinkable. Except Madison and Hamilton had a dinner arranged by Jefferson in private. No one else was in the room where it happened. Where they kind of hammered out the details of assuming state's debts. Hamilton got his banks, and the Southerners got D.C. That kind of corruption, it's been here since the beginning. If you want to look into this, it's called the Compromise of 1790. 1790. The government didn't become corrupt. It was always corrupt because it always had people in it. And then you have Aaron Burr who is cast as just wanting power for power's sake. And again, that's something that we today see as a new development. All of those older politicians, especially our founders, they had the purest ideological reasons for wanting to be in government. They didn't want power. They didn't want control. They were all doing it for the right reasons. Because that's what we do. We like to overlook stuff, turn a blind eye to it. Until it's been so long, we can pretend like those people are so far removed from us, we would never do that. But the reality is there's stuff happening today that we know is wrong. And we're not looking at it. We're looking away. And a hundred years from now, I'm sure Americans may tell themselves, oh, that's really how they just had to do it. Nobody knew any better. It was a necessary evil. Our government didn't become tainted. It didn't become corrupt. It was always tainted because it had people in it. People are corruptible. People are flawed. They're not myths. They're not infallible. They're not perfect. And this is something that a generation that wants change probably needs to hear if you are one of those people who really wants that deep systemic change in this country and you're young and all you've heard are the images of our founders in your textbooks how are you supposed to compare to that? it does all of this Without attacking the ideals of America. Because it still is that orphaned immigrant rags-to-riches, self-made, self-educated man who got to live the American dream because he didn't throw away his shot. Because the fates brought him and this group of people together and they worked like they were running out of time because they were just non-stop in pursuit of their goals. And that's why they succeeded. It's still framed in a very American context, but it undermines that mythology that has to be undermined at this point. It's holding the country back. There are a lot of people who probably hear this. And it resonates with them, even if they don't consciously acknowledge what they're hearing or what they're seeing. They're seeing that story taught in a new way and in a way that is relevant to them. Burr's big criticism of Hamilton is asking, why do you always say what you believe? I would imagine that there are young people today who feel like they're being asked that all the time. When they speak out against problems that we really are running out of time to deal with. And they're mocked. They're told that they don't understand the world, that politics is more important. These are themes that I think a lot of people could uh, benefit from exploring. And at the end... That person who could have changed so much more, could have been an even greater asset to the country and to his community, was gunned down by somebody who wanted power for power's sake. I don't know how it couldn't resonate today. It's incredibly relatable. This should teach us a lot about how we need to address history. If you want to create those people who believe they can make positive changes, don't give them figures that are myths. Don't give them people to compare to that they can't. Because that image that we give them, it's not real. And it's something that they will never be able to live up to which will always be a reason for them to say that they can't change anything. Discourage them when we need to be encouraging them. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.